In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the Blessed Month of Hathor. And we have only once during the whole liturgical year, we are nearly reading the same parable last week and this week, we are reading the parable of the sower. These are the two Sundays before the fast of the Nativity. The Church is preparing us to enjoy the fullness of the understanding and the power and the meaning of the written word of God, to be able in the end of the, of the fast to receive the incarnated word of God. So the church only once during the whole year, we have the same parable over two successive weeks. Have the same thing again in the last two weeks of the year, of the Coptic year, but in this occasion, it is not a parable, but it's the event of the last or the signs of the last days, the church also encouraging us at that time to be aware and to be waiting for his second coming. So what I would like to share with you this morning is how the church is emphasizing the power of the gospel during this time, especially before the fast of the Advent will start in a few days. So, Starting from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10, St. Paul is telling us, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And then he's adding something very personal. And you can read the verse, or you can omit the word at the very end of the verse and negate the whole idea. What does it mean? He's saying, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He's telling us, take off the word gospel. Then nothing has been revealed. Death is still reigning over us. Life of immortality not coming yet into light. Why? Because we are missing the gospel. St. John Christom is commenting in the same verse to encourage us about this power of the word of God. He was saying, now you can see the power and the grace granted to us, not by deeds, but through the gospel. Again, if you see the power of the gospel, then you can see this grace in your life. If you just have the Bible or the word of God as something you keep at home, something you feel it's a blessed thing, and not the power of God himself, we are missing the whole message of it. This is the subject of hope that has been fulfilled in his body by the cross. And how does it become fulfilled in us? He's asking you and me this morning. And the answer in just three words, through the gospel again. That's why the church is emphasizing the same parable in two successive, successive Sundays. So going back to the parable, I would like to share just three points in it. First thing is the plan of the sower. The Bible and the, the same uh, chapter 13 in the Gospel of St. Matthew, the Lord himself was explaining the parable. The sower is God himself. So in second chapter of Ephesians and verse 10, he's telling us, this is my plan for you. You are my own project. You are my own subject of interest. He's saying, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should 
work in them. It's telling us in this morning that I have a plan for each and every one of you. And it's your own choice to be able to fit in my plan, to enjoy the fullness of what I have planned for you. Or you keep yourself away from me, doing your own plans, trying to fit somewhere else, and then you come and blame me as a God. He's telling you and me, you are my own design. You are my own workmanship. And I have created you as a new creation since day one. When we were baptized, we were born again of water and spirit to be children of the Most High. The second thing is, if I know the plan of the sower, is telling me again, this is the potential of the seed. This seed is mine. These seeds are mine. And I'm able to do a lot of it, a lot of things, in you and in each and every one of us. So he's telling us in explaining the same parable, the Lord, in verse 23, but he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Again, because he is a sower and he has a plan, and he has the power to create the seeds, and he knows exactly what is the power and the potential of these seeds in you and in me. And again, the calling is, are you willing to cooperate through the synergy? The grace is offered, the same sower and the same potential, the same seeds. And it's your turn now to cooperate properly with it. So one of these potentials is sanctification, a message which very rare now we can hear about it. St. Paul says in First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3, this is the will of God, your sanctification. I'm sure every one of us asks this question many times. I would like to know his will. Yes, you are looking for his will in your work, in your travel, in your whatever it is. But there is a great, clear will. His will is your personal sanctification. That's why St. Paul says in Romans 8, 6, verse 22, But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness. This is the potential of the Word of God. You have your fruits to holiness, to sanctification. That's why St. Paul was affirming in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The church before receiving or starting the Advent, the fast of the Advent, and receiving the incarnate Word of God is telling you and me, are you willing to cooperate with the sower to use the full potential of the seeds to be holy, sanctified in him and through him. In a few minutes, you'll hear it. Holy, the holy are for the holy. And then everyone, the whole church is saying, one is the Holy Father, one is the Holy Son, one is the Holy Spirit. To say, we know that we are sinners, but we are coming here to be sanctified with the written word. That's why we have five readings in the liturgy. And then through the prayer of the liturgy, and in the end, are going to commune with the Most Holy One, the Son of God, in His flesh and in His blood. If the sanctification is part of the potential of the world, then He's telling you there is more fruits you can bear. In chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, most of us know it by heart, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and the whole list. And again, it's the fruit 
is it's a plural. It's not singular. You can choose part of it. It's the nine of it as one fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's telling you the potential of the world is going to sanctify you, is going to give you the whole fruits of the Holy Spirit. Because the author of the world is the Holy Spirit himself. And the one who is giving you this fruit is the Holy Spirit himself. Why? Because you are called for a real intimate relationship with the Holy Trinity. And that's why St. John is telling us in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, that you may have a fellowship with us, but our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, to enjoy this Trinitarian life with him. So at the end of verse 23, is adding, against such there is no law. If you make your own personal law away from this truth, against such there is no law. I need to be fruitful in holiness and fruitful in the Spirit, again through the Word of God. And if I'm able to, be, to cooperate with God's grace in both of them, then you have more fruits in a certain direction. St. Paul was telling them in Romans 1.13, Now I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often plan to come to you, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. You'll have a burden in your heart. You can't keep this holy life, you can't keep this spiritual fruits of the Holy Spirit in your life for yourself alone. You'll go and speak to your household, speak to your, your colleagues at work or you in your school, whatever they are. Why? Because this is a burden, divine burden, given to each and every one of us, again, through that continual life, through the power which is granted to us by the Holy Spirit through the Word, through the enlightenment that we received through the Gospel, as St. Paul said. And then we have the last thing, the problem of the soil. And here we are not to condemn each other. We are not here to condemn your wife or to condemn your kids or your husband. Here to examine ourselves in the light of the world. So he gives us four examples of four different kinds of soils. If the sower has a plan and the sower is God himself. And if the potential is in the hand of the sower and the potential is great, then now it's your decision. The sower and the potential is a free gift offered to each and every one of us. And now it's my own part of this synergy, how I'm going to respond to the power of the sower and the potential of the, of the seeds. So the first kind, he said, the Lord himself in explaining the parable, verse 19, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. He's telling me it's not about your own intelligence or your own education. It's about your heart. If you have a hard heart, you can easily say, I don't understand the word in the gospel. Despite you have high High, you are highly educated. Still, you feel that the word is not open in before your eyes. That's why St. Paul was praying in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, that he was asking the spirit of knowledge and revelation, the Holy Spirit, to do something differently, to open our eyes of understanding, the eyes of our hearts, the eyes of our, of our mind, to be able to comprehend 
the greatness and the potential of the world. So it's a matter of understanding, not because of your intelligence, but because of your, the hardness of your heart. It's trying at all times to tell us it is the power of me when you surrender. St. Paul himself said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that he is ignorant and God has chosen the ignorant as well. And when you ask him, how come? Till now, we are puzzled to understand some of your words. He said, I accepted to make my knowledge ignorance before the knowledge of God. I accept to, to have the word of God in my life and to have the highest authority in my life. I'm not examining the word of God as many doing nowadays, but I'm letting the Holy Spirit leading me to the word to examine me, to examine my behavior, to examine my thoughts and my life. And the second kind, if St. John Chrysostom is commenting sorry, on this one as they, again, what does the word mean to see and yet not see? We are able to see how the demons get out. And many were in that time. Even the high priest, we have seen and heard that the Lord was able to raise Lazarus from death. We are able to see those risen from the dead and yet not worship him, but rather blot how to kill him. Maybe you are not, we can see ourselves not in this position, but in a sense we are in it. When we ignore the world, when we don't open our Bibles at home, when we don't read the Bible with the church, when we, because when we say the word the Bible, it's how the church father read it, understood it, and how the church saints live it. It's not according to my own personal understanding. Second kind, or a second problem of the soil, is telling them in verse 20 and 21. But he who receives the seed on stony places, this is how he hears the word, and immediately receives it with joy. And he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulations or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Again, it's a stony soil. Again, I'm not condemning myself, and I'm not condemning yourself, but I am trying, but by all means, to examine myself. Am I have, having such a stony heart? I receive the word with joy in a meeting or a retreat or a Bible study or whatever it is. And then in a few minutes, it's totally away. Why? Because I have many problems. I can be enjoying, I can be able to enjoy something in the church, a word or a verse or a story or a miracle or whatever it is. Then the devil is telling me, look to yourself. Look to your problem with your husband, with your wife, with your kids, your financial problem, or whatever it is. And then I feel, these words are not for me. This encouragement is not for me. I am the worst in the world. It's good to be, to be in this mode of knowing that I am a sinner, but a sinner with a great hope in my Savior, not a sinner alone. That's why he's telling me, if you have such stony heart, and the word, you hear it with joy, and immediately you say, it is not for me because I am bad. It's a chance to repent. It's a com commandment and a call for everyone to come and repent and to enjoy the fullness of the power of the world. And the third one is telling us it's a thorny soil. Now he who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hear, hears the word 
and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world and he becomes unfruitful. The most deceitful part of this kind of, the, of soil, it looks like a good soil because the seeds are going to grow but just for a while. They're going to grow but there is no time to reap. Why? Because I'm rushing back to my own sins once more. He's telling them, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world. What sort of cares in my mind this morning? Again, I'm not here to condemn myself, but to examine myself in the light of the word of God. And he's telling us about the fourth one. As if he's telling me, if you believe and you are faithful to yourself and able to distinguish that you are one of the three first kinds of soils. Are you willing to move on? This is the journey of the liturgy. This is a journey of repentance, moving from death to life, from darkness into light. The Lord said, but he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. So indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. It's encouraging me and you this morning. During the liturgy, it's time of repentance and time of revelation. One of the church fathers said, in the church, in each liturgy, we have five readings. Of course, uh, away from matins and vespers. And then he is telling us, you read the same Bible at home, but in the liturgy, because of the power of being one body, because of the power of the unity of the community, it will become a personal revelation. As if he's asking you this morning, what sort of revelations you received in the five readings this morning? We are not here just to listen or to fill a gap. We need to read five readings. We are here to receive a personal revelation from God. That's why the last kind of this soil, a good soil, able to see the problems of the world, but to see that we are under our feet. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17 to 19, he was telling us he was living in a time or seeing a vision in which was nothing blossom at all, nothing giving birth at all. It was a dark time, but he was saying, but I am joyful. Why? I am rejoicing in the Lord, my salvation. Again, the message is be ready to start the nativity fast. Be ready to receive the incarnate word of God in the end. But before that, you need to indeed yourself through the gospel, by the power of the gospel. Let me conclude with you with the words of St. Cyril the Great. Why the church is insisting to connect every time the readings with the Eucharist? Because you are here to listen, to understand, to learn, and to take as well. And Christ himself is offering his life. He's the one who is able to convert me from a thorny soil, from a hard soil, from whatever it is, into the right one. That's why make the next few minutes in the liturgy your prayer. I'm here to receive. I'm here to receive first a revelation where I am and to receive a new direction, new power through this unity. So St. Cyril is a great is encouraging us before having the communion. 
by what means can man on earth rap in death come back to incorruption? Maybe this is your status or my status this morning. I'm coming wrapped in death, but I'm looking for incorruption. I answer and say that this dead body has to share in the power of the giver of life, descending from God. So we are not making the habit of a Sunday. We are sharing in the power of the giver of life, descending from God. As for the power of the giver, which belongs to God the Father, that is the only begotten Son, the Word whom He sent to us as Savior and Redeemer. And you are invited to be united with this Savior and Redeemer, to enlighten our minds, to show us the power of His gospel, to, to, to convert us from this mortal life into immortality. Is the will of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever.